Are we taking the time to inhale and exhale? What would it be like if our lungs were too full, so full that we actually couldn't receive air? I had the realization that there are so many stories, these astonishing stories, right? In every person who is a caregiver, every one of us who gives care to someone else. How do we heal? How do we grieve? How do we release? How do we replenish and reconnect? Hey, healers. I'm KJ Nazrul, a licensed mental health practitioner and a no longer secret artist. I'm the founder of Bliss Begins Within and the wellness program Healing Our Healers. I believe we all have remarkable courage within and that we have the medicine to heal ourselves and others by listening to the wisdom of our unique personal experiences, but also in proclaiming these valuable stories out loud within our communities. It has been so much fun and such a revelatory journey chatting with incredible artists, healers, visionaries, and change makers every single week. They've guided us in living creatively and resiliently through artful expression, music, and compassionate conversations. We are continuing our exploration of the human story. Welcome to Stories of Astonishing Light. wounded healer is not someone who was wounded and is now healed. It is someone who continues to courageously break open the self and ego as a means for deep integration. Kim Kranz, the Archetype Deck Healer Card. Hi everybody, it's KJ and I'm so very happy to welcome you back to another episode of Stories of Astonishing Light. This is a tiny astonishment, which Folks who have been with me for a while know that it's a solo episode in which I muse aloud and catch you up on some of the things that are going on in my life and check in with how you all are doing. As I mentioned in our last episode together, I had taken a significant amount of time off and it was rather unexpected. This year, for the beginning of this month, as well as for most of last month, I've been moving through some pretty personal family and internal work. That was my focus. And because it was my focus, I haven't been publishing or as verbal as I normally would have liked. And so I figured I could share with you a little bit about what's going on. So for today's tiny astonishment, I have a Soul Spotlight listener review, as well as a couple of announcements in which I'd like to introduce to you a few of the things that have emerged as a result of this personal introspective time. I'd really love to offer an opportunity to work with you one-on-one or in a small group setting for those of us who are healers, and that's all of us, caregivers, teachers, artists. So yeah, let's get on with our tiny astonishment. I'm so happy to feature today's Soul Spotlight listener review. It's from a friend of mine, and she's called Healthy Jenny. The review she left is titled, Such a Bright Light. It reads, Without Fail, I always take something valuable away from every episode I catch. KJ has such profound insight, and she asks the tough questions in the most gentle of ways. She has a gift, and you are lucky to experience it through this show. The beautiful music is an added wonderful layer. Highly recommend. Thank you so, so much, Jen. This is so very kind of you. 
Folks may remember, or I can tell you now, that Healthy Jenny is my friend Jen, Jen Morris, and I've interviewed her before and have had a wonderful conversation about being a whole, well-rounded creative on this show. So check out the episode in which Jen was a guest. Any and all words of feedback by way of review is greatly appreciated because this brings awareness to the show and it's for a higher expansion. More people who speak about the show and invite folks to listen in can help us produce this show, help us keep going. And we get to talk about topics that are super important for us, mental health, creativity, resilience, self-care, compassion, advocacy, community health. For anyone who leaves a review, I automatically drop your review and name into a random drawing. I swear it's random. (laughs) Everyone who has been picked and polled has just said really, really kind words, and they've been lovely friends of mine, but it is random. And once the names are picked from the random drawing, I highlight these reviews on one of these Soul Spotlight listener reviews on the Tiny Astonishment episodes that I put together. So what this also does is it offers a chance for us to connect one-on-one and completely free. And so when I draw your name, draw your review, I read it out on the show and I also offer us an invitation to connect for 30 minutes-ish. Sometimes it gets longer. And we can jam and talk about anything that you would like. This is my form of gratitude. This is one way I can thank you for taking the time to let me know how the show has impacted or informed you. And because you took the time to spread the love and spread the awareness about the show, I want to connect and I want to thank you. So it's super easy to do. To leave a review, you go to ratethispodcast.com forward slash astonishing stories. Let us know what you think. And I'm so very happy to highlight and feature your very kind words. Thank you so, so much. Well, I found myself wondering, and I wanted to pose these questions to our listeners, to my friends, to this wonderful community of healers. So here we go. How do you, as highly sensitive people, healers and caregivers, yes, caregivers, because we all give and care for somebody else, right? How do you as a caregiver hold your grief? How do you as a caregiver reassess, replenish, renew? We find ourselves in this season of renewal and we've moved into spring, thank goodness. But do you take the time? Have you noticed this change of season? Do you feel that you're able to regenerate and thrive because you've had a restful period of winter? Here are a few other questions. How do you decide how you'll spend your time and with whom? These are the questions that have arisen for me since spending essentially a month, six weeks in my childhood home, in my childhood hometown, caring for my mother who became very suddenly, frighteningly ill. I normally live about 400 miles away from my mom and from my hometown where I grew up, and I found myself flying back and forth, driving back and forth, and I probably would have taken a boat if that was an option available to me as well. All of this to say that I've been traveling between my hometown and my new hometown, which is the San Francisco Bay Area, where I've lived for nearly 20 years. My mother has developed pneumonia in both lungs, and that was completely compounded by the fact that she had contracted the coronavirus. She has a depleted immune system, as she also has cancer, diabetes, lupus. As you can imagine, her immune system simply is not equipped or capable to hold and handle the onslaught of the coronavirus. 
many musings arose for me while I was here, as I was here. I'm actually recording from my childhood bedroom this morning, wrapped up in the clothes of my closet. Such a strange thing. As I'm still here, I'm watching and witnessing very scary ups and downs. For a while there, it was unfathomable. There were really, really, really high fevers, really, really, really low oxygen levels. I am a practitioner by trade, but for mental and emotional health. I am not a skilled caregiver any more so than the rest of us in terms of I can be present. I can certainly notice when something is awry or not right, but I'm not a medically trained professional. My mom had been hospitalized for nearly a week. And upon her return home, my brother and I were her caregivers, her caretakers, until we could arrange for an actual professional caretaking team to be in-house with her 24 hours a day, seven days a week, as she couldn't be alone. Not yet. The questions that arose for me literally became, how do I make space to breathe? Am I truly accepting and able to receive oxygen, nourishment, life? More questions, deeper questions arose. How do I handle the changes in my role as a helper, a healer, a daughter, and now a caregiver? What's it like to return to my childhood home as an adult, but step into the adult role of caregiving? The adult role of caregiver for my adult parent who has now become more childlike in some ways. How does a caregiver replenish and reconnect with creativity and self-compassion? Why do I know this now? Why do I know now that self-compassion and self-care is essential? It's been a process over the last couple of years with the world health crisis as it is, with lockdowns, with remote work, with isolation, increased anxiety, increased suicide, increased depression. Self-compassion and self-care has literally become a form of survival and activism. So many thorough and searching questions arose, continue to hover within me. And I didn't quite have the answers for any of them, which is why I wanted to pose these thoughts to my friends and listeners and colleagues about self-compassion, about healing, about helping and caregiving, not only for those that we love and have dedicated our lives to, but what about for ourselves? Can I continue to be a caregiver if I'm not giving care to myself? A wonderful thing emerged during this time. I was really craving connection with other healers for regeneration and to expand on and touch on and open up conversations around grief and release, releasing these questions and charged energies around inquiries that I offered to myself, but then really wanted to hear what others thought. As my brother and I were able to arrange caregivers to come in and assist with my mom and ensure that she was safe, she had to sort of relearn how to walk and how to breathe again. She is on oxygen 24-7. I call her oxygen tanks and the electronic devices that help monitor her breathing and her stats, her robot squad, her robot posse. I mean, where do we get our oxygen from? What does oxygen deprivation look like for you? Are we taking the time to inhale and exhale? What would it be like if our lungs were too full, so full that we actually couldn't receive air? I had the realization that there are so many stories, these astonishing stories, right? And every person who is a caregiver, every one of us who gives care to someone else, how do we heal? How do we grieve? How do we release? How do we replenish and reconnect? For me, it was really, really essential that I return to my creative roots in order to uncover the way that I can engage in self-compassionate practices. 
So my question to you all is, how do you connect with your creativity and your self-compassion? It's a question I ask of all my guests who come to the show. I say, tell me about your favorite forms of self-compassion. And the answers are glorious. The glorious answers that come range anywhere from receiving, receiving gifts, taking a salt bath, training for a marathon, setting boundaries and saying no. What have you found? What do you participate in that is compassionate and replenishing for you? A new retreat and program that I've created, I've honed in on a program that I've started before. It's called Healing Our Healers. It's moved through a couple of different iterations over the past couple of years, certainly in light of the pandemic and in light of the feedback from participants who have joined me in my work. My focus has been honed in. I have a slightly specific, more specific mission, and it's because I wanted help in answering some of the questions that I've posed today. Very simple questions, but profound questions, right? Like, how do we replenish? How do I hold the changes in my role as a helper, as a woman, as a student, a teacher, a daughter? I've opened up a couple of spaces to begin work one-on-one with me in an intimate container of replenishment and rediscovery for releasing these stories that we've expanded in, created in, started writing about. I've opened up a couple of spaces. I would love to talk with you if you would like to deep dive into one of these one-on-one inquiries of compassion and creativity. I've also opened up with my friend and colleague and co-teacher, Suzanne Dressler, a co-working community. In this community, we'll provide a space every single week for about 90 minutes in which we can co-work, provide feedback, listen, uncover some of the questions that have arisen during the week in which we ask, how do I connect? How do I uncover my creativity? And we get to jam together in this time, right? And we get to share our work together. That creative cohort the co-working community, it's opening in April, early April, literally in the next week or two. And there'll be some more information in the show notes about both of these opportunities to work with me in a creative and compassionate retreat, some one-on-one intimate inquiries, as well as the co-working community with podcasters, writers, actresses, dancers, musicians, artists, teachers, coaches, caregivers, caretakers, Basically, it's for any one of us who are engaging in and interacting with other human beings in the name of collaboration and energy exchange and creation. And it's literally open to anybody. I'm all over the place, I realize. And this is really indicative of where I am today. As I said, rolled up and wrapped up in bed sheets and my old clothes in my childhood closet and my childhood home. <sighs> So thank you for hanging with me. Thank you so much for listening and checking in with me over these last several weeks. I've been quiet, but certainly brimming. And this has been an opportunity for me to articulate some of the words that have arisen around the experiences that I've had for the last six, eight weeks. They've been really profound days. And I would love to know more about what you're thinking. If anything that I'm saying today is landing with you, please send me an email. Find me on Instagram leave a review. Just let me know if any questions came up for you. I read all of your responses and I try to connect with you and respond to every single one of them. Takes me a little time sometimes, but I do respond. I'd love to talk with you. Thank you so much for the time today. I look forward to continuing this work of inquiry and exploration, a call and an answer, dipping into some of the stillnesses that are available to us. I look forward to examining more of these inquiries that I didn't really examine before until I was forced into it, basically. 
bumping up against my literal survival skills on how to breathe, on how to be, on how to release, on how to connect, and identifying how and with whom I would like to spend this astonishing time. Let's try this exercise. It's a simple body awareness from the book Help for the Helper by Babette Rothschild with Marjorie Rand. In a quiet room at a peaceful time, sit comfortably and take notice of what you become most aware of in your body. Identify the temperature and humidity on the surface of your skin. Is it warm and dry? cool and moist, or something in between. Notice that there are differences depending on where your skin is clothed or bare. There will also be differences depending on how your blood is circulating at the moment. Remember, some people tend towards cold feet or cold hands. Next, notice where you are tense and where you are relaxed. Look for nuances of difference throughout your body. Your upper body versus your lower body. Your right side, your left side. What about your breathing? Is it deep or shallow? High or low? Notice how the expression on your face feels from the inside. What is the position and expression of your mouth, your eyes, your forehead? Can you feel your heart? Is it beating fast or slow? These are some of the areas of awareness that will help guide you to identify any levels of arousal and estimate if you're going to be able to manage this. You'll find that some areas of your body are more accessed by your awareness than others. Discover the somatic cues that are most available to you and exercise the ones that are more difficult. Next, remember something pleasant from your life. Notice any changes in your skin, your muscles, your face, your breath, your heartbeat. And just notice. Notice those changes. If you would like, you can jot them down. Next, remember something slightly unpleasant from your life. Or think about something you're anticipating with mild anxiety or irritation. Again, note the changes in the areas mentioned earlier. Your breathing, your heartbeat, your skin, your muscles, the temperature. Just take notice. The last part of this exercise is vacillating back and forth between the pleasant and the unpleasant memories or anticipations. Just a few seconds with each. This will help to hone your awareness of the changes in your body systems. And in this way, you're not under any pressure. You can develop your skill in body and arousal awareness. The more you practice, 
the greater chance that this knowledge will be in available and in accessibility to you in actual stressful situations. Thank you for listening to the Stories of Astonishing Light podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can support this podcast in a few different ways. First, you could post a screenshot of the podcast on your Instagram and Facebook stories or in your feeds and tag me at Bliss Begins Within or Musings on Other, and I can repost you. Another way to spread the love is to share this podcast with your friends and family, anyone whom you think might enjoy it as well. A third way to support this podcast is to subscribe, download, and leave a positive review on any of the platforms you listen to the show on. In this way, we can continue to grow our audience and reach more listeners. A quick and direct way to leave a review is by going to ratethispodcast.com forward slash astonishing stories. I am so grateful to spend this time with you exchanging such uplifting tales of resilience. We'll see you next time. Thank you.